welcome back to the Pixels and Dice podcast. Please join our hosts as they bring poorly thought out opinions on game into the table, spew it out as though they know what they are talking about, then wander off back to their caves. Or wherever it is they came from. Seriously, I have no idea what rock these freaks crawled out from underneath, nor should any of us really want to know. I assume it to be a dark place, full of stale pizza and weird pornography. Then again, that doesn't sound all that bad, come to think of it. Anyway, don't get too close. They bite. Hey there, everybody. Welcome back. I'm Scormus. And I'm Bayless. And, boy, it's been a while since we recorded this show. Almost forgot how it went. A little bit, a little bit. Uh, we took, uh, we did our last recordings back in, what, late November? Something like that. So we could have December off for the holidays and all that. Actually, yeah, it was around there. Anyway, maybe it was before Thanksgiving. I don't remember. It's been a while. But, uh, yeah, um, we got stuff to talk about. Cool. Stuff has come up in the last month. Interesting stuff. Newsy stuff. Well, that would be new. Yeah. It's been hard to find uh, week-by-week news stuff that's worthwhile to talk about, but boy, when you take a month or so off, stuff tends to pile up. But hey, just... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, well, what would you uh, call newsy or newsworthy? One thing we were just debating briefly just before uh, starting the recording was uh, an announcement from Wizards of the Coast and uh, Cryptic that they have a new game that they're making. Yeah, okay. What is it? Well, they did uh, Neverwinter together. And I like Neverwinter. It's a fun game. I don't. It's horrible. Okay, well, see, that's probably where we're going to have some of our clashing here. They're putting out... Dull. Yeah, okay, we're not talking about that. I'm just saying. They've worked together in the past, and now they're working together on a new MMO, Magic Legends. Well, let's see. For the past 25 years, people have been begging for an MMO based on uh, Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm. And somebody's finally doing it. Yes. So of all the studios out there who could produce a AAA MMO, they chose Cryptic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, before people all freak out, like, I know you're not happy with the idea, and I can get that. But look at it from Wizards of the Coast's point of view. They have an existing um, relationship with Cryptic, having made Neverwinter together. Two, Neverwinter is profitable for them and for Cryptic. Right. I mean, say what you will about the game. People are playing it. It's popular. And it makes them money. It, it's, 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 uh, boy, it, they sell stuff in that shop. There's money being spent. So, yeah, that's what they're trying to do. Make money off of their, uh, licenses. And boy, howdy, Cryptic knows how to make that money. That's why Star Trek Online, still making money. And yes. Cryptic, let's be honest, pretty much all they do is, Make MMOs. 
Yes, but see, this isn't just an MMO. It's an action role-playing game. Yeah, like Neverwinter. Yeah, but action entails there's excitement to it. There's, you know, something interesting going on. Yeah, and a lot of people feel that Neverwinter is quite interesting, and if they can do to magic what they Never did Neverwinter is a video game version of Choose Your Own Adventure. I disagree. I find it to be quite a lot of fun. And I have plenty of uh, ability to choose how I'm going to respond and things like that. So you don't have to do all the quests. You can go off and just step off into an area and just kill stuff or find things to do and that. So is it got a little bit of Guild Wars 1 in it? Sure. Yeah. It doesn't have quite the story of a Secret World Legends, which is a similar type of uh, a similar type of game, and it doesn't have the depth of a Guild Wars 2. Well, it, what they're trying to do is they're trying to play they're trying to play a game set in a known universe and they're hoping that the fans of that universe will already know the lore, and so they won't have to do a whole lot of ex- exposition. Except, it doesn't work. Well, what makes you think that they're going to do You don't give do a that. shit. When you're walking, when you're going through the areas, they, they, you know, they show you, oh, this is so-and-so, you know, like he's supposed to be some well-known legendary character. Don't know you, don't care. Move on. It just um, doesn't work for me. Okay, well, let me just read the quest text. I do. (laughs) I still don't give a shit who you are. You've got a quest for me. Yay, kill more orcs. Really? I was just there. You can talk to all kinds of people all over town and learn all kinds of stuff about town and the people. Yeah, and in the, the last zone I was in, there was like six different people who gave the same fucking quest. Go kill X number of these orcs. Couldn't pick them all at the same time, get it all done in one swoop. No. You had to go in, kill orcs, and come back. And then they'd give you another go kill orcs quest over and over and over again. Now, I will say I've run into something similar, but they weren't the exact same mobs. No. It was, but it was kill the these, same and then zone. kill those, and then kill those, and then kill yeah, those. You, you they kill were this further on down orcs, the path. And then you kill the veteran orcs, and then you kill the caster orcs, and then you kill this orc, the right. warlord orcs. It's like, good God, really? But if you followed the way it worked, though, these were clo- the first ones were closest, the next ones were a little further on, the next ones were a little further on, and... It basically was yes. walking you down the road to where you needed to go to finish out the quest But you line. still had to go all the way back to the first town to turn it in, pick up the next one, and then fight your way through all of that crap again just to get to the next level of monsters. Indeed. That's bad design. Well, I, I find it to be actually diabolical for one reason. It um actually, I wouldn't say it's bad game design because- boring. What it does is it keeps you busy. You either... Yeah. Got something stuck on my tongue. Yeah, I know. Nobody wants to hear that. It's a taste of Neverwinter in your mouth. (laughs) Come on now. It ain't that bad. Oh, yeah, it is. No, um... Basically, if you don't move fast enough, they start to respawn. And so, 
slows you down as you have to go re-smash through mobs or be tactical in how you move around the groups to get back to where you need to be to kill the others. And then by the time you come back to turn in the next section, well, you definitely have respawns. So instead of something that would be, okay, go kill, go kill these guys, then go kill those guys and bing, bing, bing down the line. Okay, now you've wiped everything out. Now you just have to do it backwards to get back to town to turn in your final set of your final quest, which would be easier, but it takes you a much shorter amount of time and you burn through the content faster. But by doing it this way, yeah, it's a little weird. It seems a little bit grindier, but at the same time, grindy, it makes you think and be tactical to move around stuff so you don't have to technically fight so much. Oh, I thought I thought a lot. I thought, God, this sucks. Why would they do this? This is dumb. But I am sick of this shit. I am out. That's fine. That's fine. But that was that game. This is this game. Yeah. This but is that does not, not give me good. You know, I'm not excited about this game because it comes from the the creators of Neverwinter Nights or Neverwinter. I mean, yes, it's the same. Neverwinter Nights was a decent idea, actually. Yeah. Now the thing is, if it was from the team who makes Neverwinter, I would say, all right, you got a point. They're basically just gonna copy paste and make it a magic flavored version of Neverwinter, but it's not. The executive producer is Steven Rakosa, who used to be executive producer for Star Trek Online, also from Cryptic, but which a completely I'm, different type of MMO. It is yay, your classic tab right. target MMO. But even that still does not help the situation. You know, well, it does in that it when doesn't I think have about that Magic the Gathering, class. I think about having a whole handful of cards and either, you know, being able to play these cool cards or having to strategically use mana so that you don't get burned and still, you know, put up a good fight. Sure. In video game version, I'm not sure how they're going to how they're going to bring in that experience. If it's an action role playing game. A you know, Diablo esque. I don't see the card system working at all. So how are they going to do it and still keep the Magic: The Gathering flavor? Well, see, that's that that all comes down to semantics on their press release. Did they mean it's going to be an MMO action RPG, like it's a massively multiplayer online? ARPG in the way that Diablo 3 is, or do they mean it's an action MMORPG in the way Neverwinter is and Guild Wars 2 is? Yeah, but see, my trepidation is they're either going to change it so much that it has, it's just the, the window dressing of Magic the Gathering set in Neverwinter, or they're going to try real hard to, you know, stuff as much Magic the Gathering into it that it's not an action game. It's just a another version of Magic the Gathering Arena. If I had to guess, I mean, there, there's all that's out right now is a teaser trailer. 
Yeah. And it tells you literally nothing. It shows some... It's pretty. Some artwork. It's got some pretty and whatnot. It tells you literally nothing about the game. So if I had to guess, based upon what they've done in the past, it'll be a game where if you want to play a blue mage, let's say, you will get abilities that are similar to card-based spells out of the game, you know, iconic spells from the game, and the ability to summon all the all the um different types of planeswalkers will be summoners to some degree, some more than others. Like I expect green will be a green and red will do a lot of summoning. Red with a lot of damaging, green with some healing, white will be mostly protection and healing with some summoning, blue will be a lot of counterspelling and mind control with some uh, summoning, and black, huge amounts of summoning, that sort of thing, and some hexes and whatnot. But that is my thought, that as you level up, you will gain these abilities and you'll have these that you'll assign them like you do in Neverwinter. So they can, they're going to want it most likely to be PC and console. So it's going to have to be able to work with a controller. That's why they'll have a Neverwinter, a similar interface as to what Neverwinter has. Very limited amount of keys for your keyboard that you'll use. Most of your stuff will be left and right click based attacks that will make it feel kind of like a Diablo type game, but it will be a 3D game if I had to guess. You know, so more of a MMORPG interface, you know, look to it. The game would look like that. So, no, it won't be okay. I draw cards and I have to go, okay, these spells and I can. I'm going to have to have this mana to use tactically so I can cast that spell. And the next time I'm out in a fight, I'll have these spells instead. I don't think that'll happen. There may be a mechanic where you draw a random card that sometimes you'll have to maybe wait or strategically plan your mana around to use that big nasty boom. Or maybe they won't. Maybe they'll just go with more, more likely a more straightforward you get these iconic abilities, and if it was going to be randomized, I'd say it'd be the summoning, if anything. But that's just me. But that would make it a uh, maybe more like what you were talking about, a magic covering over a Neverwinter type game, which I can understand your trepidation about. But in a way... They're going to have to do that because magic, unless you're playing a straight magic card game like Arena, you can't really translate it to a game, to a video game with and, and have the card elements in it. It just well, doesn't work. And Magic the Gathering doesn't really easily lend itself to an MMO. Just the design of the game does not scream MMO in any way, shape, or form to me. Ah, but the setting can. If they're using the setting and taking, they have, they build an MMORPG 
game and Which place setting? a setting. Ravnica? Which no, setting? No, no, no. The, There's the, tons of different settings. The basically the original ideal of okay, you're a planeswalker. You travel from planes to plane to plane. And that way that gives them room for expansions where they can go, okay, here's the original five or whatever it was. Yeah, it's five colors. You know, you had the the different colors of magic. And you could have these, you know, you come from one of these dimensions, these planes. And then maybe they add it add as an expansion, Ravnica, or they add whatever. They just add different expansions on as they go along, adding in new abilities to be picked to be you can get, adding in new um creatures that can be summoned, maybe magic items that you can use, things like that. That would work. The setting of Magic the Gathering as a whole would work as an MMO. Mm. You may not like it, but it can be done. (laughs) Actually, well, it it just worries me that you're going to end up with artifacts as equipable items. Sure. I almost guarantee it. Which is stupid because, in theory, an artifact should only be being used by one person. And it also worries me that they're going to have all these iconic characters from the game are going to just become raid bosses. You know? That you kill week after week, and it's like, well, that's just stupid. Well, and I'm worried that they're going to do this whole... um you fight your way through all of this, all this, you know, minutia, right? And you get to the final boss and it becomes something like a Pokemon trainer gym where you have to battle the boss and then in the card game elements come out. Yeah, that, that could be an issue too. I mean, cause I really, I don't see how they could use a card game based interface. I mean, I know there are action type games that do use a card game type inter- interface but they're still slow because they have to give you time to see your cards and decide how you're going to play them and that isn't an action game in any way shape or form if you have to sit back and tactically think of how you're going to play your cards uh-huh so that's just not going to work if they want to keep it an action game it's going to have to be more like I originally described it, where you have limited, iconic spells and abilities and summoning abilities for your thing. And you won't be able to multi-class, most likely. It'll be your blue, or you're a green, or you're a red, or a white. Yeah, or- but say you're playing blue, and you run across your, your absolute polar opposite, the one who can shut you down because they've got everything that's anti-blue. Uh-huh. You're screwed. You have to be able to mix and match. Otherwise, well, good you thing have, it's an MMO. Well, I mean, if you're yeah, say you're playing black and you run across a white player uh-huh. and they've got anti-black everything. You're not going to be able to do shit against them. Nor will they be able to do anything against you, theoretically. True. But that's why I say it's going to have to be more balanced, more limited. Not so much on the uh, this color cancels that color out. 
more of a yes. They'll have to try and focus where each color. But that's can my be point right against there. each other. That's my point exactly, though. See, Cryptic isn't known for being creative, for being original, for having good ideas. But boy, they do licensed products well. They put they do the absolute minimum to make a sh- to make a game. Yeah. Considering that they've got four games out now that are licensed products. Yeah. And only one of them's in virtual maintenance mode. Is any one of them considered to be a really amazing game? Something that everybody talks about as being just this awesome game. Name any MMO company that has Blizzard. One yeah, th- there's like one or two companies that are talked about in that way. It's not fair to point out, well, Cryptic doesn't have a great game because... Yes, okay, now... You've got 20 other different companies out there that don't have that. Okay. But if you but look at it fairly, look at... If you look at, Star like, Trek say, Online Champions is Online. Or no, it was City of Heroes. City of Heroes, when it came out, it was a generic superhero game. But yes. the character creation, the character customization was so advanced it had so many uh, you could make almost anything yep because it was so robust still that's can. what they did to change the MMO market good thing they carried it out over to champions online then guild wars 2 with their scaling situation and all of the uh the way they had those events that would pop off and that changed the game no you may not like the way it did it but it was it added a whole new thing it's certainly to different. the MMO world and Blizzard when they came out the way they did their uh, the game modeled the MMO design mm-hmm. nobody had ever done anything like that before you it, they gave accessibility to crappy end you know low end computers yeah but here's the thing though. If you're not going, okay, you're not looking for, well, if they have one game that's really super great, well, actually, they do. Not only is Neverwinter very, very popular, and it is, they actually have Star Trek Online, which up until when CBS All Access started working, doing stuff with the the, uh, Star Trek license again, that was the only way you could get Star Trek content and Trekkies flock to that game. And it's still very popular with its little niche and does a good job of a really good job of emulating Star Trek. More so but, than I would say the the new series that are out there. Discovery? Are you kidding me? That sucks. But are they going to add anything that makes you go wow? Well, you mentioned that they made City of Heroes, and while um, ArenaNet did cancel City of Heroes, they then went and made Champions Online, which has just as robust of a character creator in it. Yes, but they themselves do not generally do anything spectacular with their games. They're all just kind of bland. But you 
<laughs> and no, Champions is not, it's nowhere near the level of City of Heroes. I played both. In fact, I have a lifetime subscription to Champions Online. I feel sorry for you. It was $300 not well spent. But the still, point is, it's a fun game. I, did, I yes, actually like it better it amazing? than... I like it better than City of Heroes. Well, C the City of Heroes City of Hero was, fan base won't, won't agree with you. You're right, because they liked the forced grouping. They liked that it forced you to play in a group. Champions well, Online does not. Right. Hmm? Hey, they did something right, because the following behind City of Heroes versus Champion Online, whew, complete difference. Well, one still exists, and the other yes. one is just pining for it to return. But that's neither here nor there. We're talking about different products. This has nothing to do with Magic Legends. All we can do is theorize what it's going to be right now. That's because there's jack shit for information, except for a stupid teaser trailer that's pretty, but doesn't tell you anything. Sure, but they do say that they're going to talk more about it in uh, early January, or sometime in January. So, we should get more news soon regarding the game. And one thing you did point out is that for the last 25 years, people have been going, God, we would love for that to be an MMO. Well, actually, not even 25 years, because 25 years ago, there weren't MMOs. But as long as there have been MMORPGs, you've had the Magic the Gathering community saying, we want an MMO. And they've pushed for it and pushed for it and pushed for it. And now, finally, for better or worse, they're going to get one. I think that's news. Well, I'm not saying it's not news. It's definitely news. It's just... That's where my trepidation comes in, because, I mean, I know their record as a studio, and it's not, in my opinion, a shining star. That's true. There's so, a lot of people that uh, don't look highly on Cryptic. I will give you that. I was hoping that some other company would have been the one to helm it. For, who, for example, who? Well, I like... Um, not ArenaNet, but... Uh, I was going to say, if you say yeah, ArenaNet, we're going to kick you in the teeth. Well, I do like ArenaNet, and I think they could do a good job of it, but they're too small of a, a studio. Mm. I mean, I I wanted to say Bethesda, but Bethesda <laughs> sucks now. <laughs> God! You're, you're right, that would not go over well. Um, you know, all the, all the really good companies have taken a shot because they've all gone greedy. Mm-hmm. And so it's really hard to say, you know, Blizzard or, you know, Bethesda or one of these other, you know, AAA companies, because they've all gotten really greedy and really scummy. And I just can't, can't, you know, say that they'd do a good job of it because they're just a bunch of greedy fucks. Yeah. Honestly, so, I can't say anybody offhand, any company that pops to mind that says, gee, they would do a great job with that uh, particular property. Possibly Cryptic. CCP, I think it is. The CCP. ones who are doing... Project Red, that's what it was. CD Project Red? Yeah. Yeah, you said Cryptic for a minute. I'm like, wait a minute, you hate uh, Cryptic. No, it, no it wasn't, I didn't mean Cryptic. I was thinking CD Project Red. Yeah, but they don't the do MMORPGs. Yeah, so, I know. I always worry when a company does their very first MMO. Because they generally suck at it. 
Ask yeah. Bioware. Oh, yeah. How's Star Wars going for you? Exactly. Oh, that bad, huh? It's got a fan base. Yep. It yeah, of course it does. A fan base. Because they don't have Star Trek online, or not Star Trek, they don't have uh, Star Wars Galaxies, I mean, to no. play Jedis in. Yeah. So they have to play there. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. that's a thing that's happening. It is. Yes. And, uh, boy, we've already knocked out a full half hour just ranting about that game. <sighs> but we had another piece of news that we need to talk about. We don't have to do the third story. Um, Star Citizen. Yeah. They uh, broke $250 million in December of uh, basically uh, fundraising through various means. They've been fundraising for how long? Seven years. And they've produced what? They're in Alpha 3, if I remember right. I don't know. So I haven't had the game installed on my uh, computer in over a year. So they're probably never going to release the game. Oh, no, I really don't expect they ever will. They just keep keep gathering money from schmucks who are willing to keep forking out money for a game that will probably never release. Yes. And how much did they uh, they make in this last lump sum, because I saw a number that surprised the hell out of me that any person would put that kind of money out on a untested, unreleased game. Um, They bought a ship, if I remember right. Yes, they were buying a ship. It was the, uh, they had announced previously that they were putting out what they called a space mall. And uh, it's called the Kraken Privateer. It's a light carrier. Okay. It's uh, described as, well, coming from uh, the article on Massively Overpowered. For those who want to provide military hardware on demand, it's uh, more than offering commercial opportunities, replacing 80% of its cargo pass capacity for its own marketplaces, eight public market locations, and two private market locations. So, it's literally a flying space mall. If I thought of a privateer i would think gee that's probably a pirate ship but we whatever it's a mall so they're you know stealing your money too but it's a 1700 dollar ship oh and they only had a limited amount they sold out when they put it on sale in november for example they broke a sales record and raised 10 million dollars off of it in November and they still had a sale that was going so yeah I guess people not only still think the game's gonna come out they're willing to throw good money after bad and this is why I've only put $60 into the game and basically went yeah I keep upgrade I keep getting new computers over the years that since this game was announced and every time the new computer exceeds the capabilities listed for starter citizen and every time it runs like ass so yeah yeah that tells me it's uh seven years and it's still a piece of crap 
It's just not optimized yet. Seven years. It was supposed to have been out four years ago. Oh, but then they added all this new stuff. Yes, they did. They keep adding things. It's called, you know, uh, feature creep. Well, you know. They're dicking you around so they don't have to release a game. They're just trying to make everybody happy, and that's how they raised all that money. I get that. And you guys just don't want to give up on it because of the sunk cost fallacy. You feel like, well, you put all this money into it. You just can't walk away from it now. Excuse me, hiccup. And that's how I felt about World of Warcraft for years. I had put all this money into it and all this time. I can't just walk away because I've put all this money and time into it. So I must put more money and time into it. Not how to live, son. Yeah. When they're able to go and with a straight face, look at their fan base and go, here's a ship we promised that we think you'd really like. Give us almost $2,000 each. Oh, but wait, you don't want to miss out because it's for a limited time only. There's only so many of them we're willing to sell. Wink, wink. We'll bring it back someday, maybe. Wink, wink. You know, back when we actually launched the game, if we ever do, wink, wink. And people went out there and bought all the copies because, oh, God, I can't do without this. I have to have this ship that I will then put out into space. And, oh, people will come to me and they'll buy stuff on my ship. I'll have all these vendors and I'll make money. And they never told us how many they were actually selling. Well, if you think so, about it, if they made $10 million selling these ships... Well, it wasn't just that ship. They were selling a bunch of different ships all at the same time. But they made $10 million in November, and that was the primary sale. Right. So, you gotta There's figure... There's a lot of them out there. A good bunch of them are out there. And if they're all out there in this persistent universe, why are people going to come to your space mall when they can go over to that space mall? Or maybe their own space mall. Everybody's going to sit there. If there was like less than 10 of them yeah, for the entire game, sure, I could understand how that would be of value to you. This You're going to have a big-ass space mall with no customers. Or very limited amount. It's certainly not going to be the uh, cash cow that they think it will be. Now, I could see where a corporation or a guild, might want to get one of these, you know, pool their money together and get one of these. If they're dedicated to the game, they all throw in 25 bucks or something, or 50 bucks, depending on how many they've got. Everybody chimes in some cash, and bam, they've bought a ship. That's their corporation ship. Cool, if you think it's worthwhile. Awesome. Good for you. And I'm sure some did that. But, you know, there's whales out there that broke out their credit card and bought one. Because, mm-hmm. ooh, I'm going to get so rich, I'm going to have my own mall. No, you're not. You're not. And you're probably going to have fleets of pirates come flying around and shoot the piss out of your ship and blow it up. And then you have to spend all your money repairing it. Well, they'll probably have insurance on it, especially if they got in early on with the original uh, fundraising. 
they get um like permanent free insurance. So the ship gets destroyed and they have to refit it, but they get the ship itself replaced. So me, I think with my uh package, I get like four months once the game launches. I get like four months of insurance for free. But I only put $60 into the game, so yeah. I mostly bought it for the single player campaign, which I will probably never see. I'm aware of this. Well, at the time, though, you were looking for something that was a successor to Freelancer. Good thing I found it in uh, another game. <laughs> well, in several different games. They've since then come out with some decent games. Yes, but I prefer Rebel Galaxy. Oh, yeah. Rebel Galaxy is awesome. And uh, I'm looking at a few others, but... Well, Elite Dangerous is out there, but I'm not a big fan of the way their uh, their uh, flight sim yeah. goes. It is just I've too also, much. I've tried Everspace, too, and man, that is, that is, wow, that is, like, you do the initial, okay, let's fly out and let's teach you how to fly, let's teach you how to go thing. Suddenly you're being attacked and, oh, you're dead. Boy, you didn't do that very well. But I, I didn't have a chance to react. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Good thing I didn't pay much for that. Regardless, Star Citizen, it's a thing that exists. It's made a uh, obscene amount of money. Yes. You know what's sad? I saw a stat. Um, I think it was five, six years into World of Warcraft's life. And actually, maybe more than that. It was after um, Wrath of the Lich King, maybe after uh, the release of Cataclysm. So it was mm -hmm. a good amount of time in, right? They announced, because they'd never really said before, but they finally said, here's how much money we've spent on World of Warcraft. Through its existence, from when we first started developing it to now, all the money we've spent on development, uh, labor costs, you know, development costs, servers, running the servers, everything, it was $240 million. They had raised several billion at that point. Uh-huh. And that was a huge success. They've now raised as much as it cost... Wow, to exist. And they've still not produced anything more than an alpha that they extend out once every six months. So occasionally put out a, hey, we're getting a new patch. Yeah. Beta yeah I was just uh, reading through the, uh, the comments here about that ship. Uh-huh. Somebody said, get it now for the bargain price of $1,700 because it'll be $3,400 in 2030 when the game releases. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody actually estimated that beta might start in 2021. Beta in 2021. Yeah. It's been in alpha for five years and pre-production before that, pre-alpha. How long is the beta going to take? Eventually, I swear to God, eventually 
they're just going to say, you know what, we've raised 35 million, uh, uh, 350 million at this point, but you know, yeah, we just can't realistically release it. It's just not going to happen. Sorry, guys. Too bad you didn't read the fine print. You can't have your money back. Bye. Yeah. We're shutting down the servers. Thank you very much for your patronage. Would you like to buy one ship on your way out the door? Ah. Uh, yeah, it's 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 a uh, silly. Very very silly. Well, and looking at the comments, almost everybody commenting is saying the same thing. They seriously doubt this game's going to launch. And that, you know, it, it, people are stupid for spending money on it. After seven years of nothing, yeah, they keep spending money on it. Yeah, they give you little things to tinker around with, but it's nothing, you know. But, but it's nothing to really, you know, play. Yeah, you get to screw around in your own little instanced zone, mm -hmm. testing this this ship feature or whatever. I don't know. Well. One thing that I like is something that one person said on the uh, the comments for the uh, Massively OP article. Right. Sounds like pay to win. Uh-huh. Response, it's not. He responds with, paying for an advantage or special privileges is 100% pay to win. And that's what this game has been. And originally, you would buy... You could buy a package that provided you could get a ship or a couple different ships or whatever. And yeah, you could spend a little more and get bigger ships or whatever, depending on what you wanted. But it wasn't anything extreme. Now they're making people or offering people, I should say, the ability to buy these massive ships for a massive amount of money for most people. It's way out of their range, which... If I'm flying around in my single person ship and I come across one of these big nasties out there, I'm dead. They'll go, oh, look, there's some target practice. Poof. Uh -huh. That's not pay to win. That's honestly not pay to win. No, that is most certainly pay to win. And like I said, I don't have the game even installed for the last year. Yeah. <sighs> Anyway, so, yeah, we are way over time. But, hey, you know what? We had stuff to talk about. Yeah. Technically, there was another topic to talk about. It was, yeah, but, you know, I came across, Isles. I mm. came across a role-playing game that just came out that seemed interesting, but it's more interesting that it's, um, I mean, yeah, it's a role-playing game based on the uh, folklore of the British Isles. You know, that's fine. There's some rich folklore there. But what I found more interesting is that it's an OGL system. Mm-hmm. And you think, oh, well, 5E, right? No. No. 3.5. Someone. Well, 3.5 was a good system. Yeah, there's, someone is still making 3.5 based content. And it's like. That just shows you how cool 3.5 was. I mean, how it wasn't perfect. It had its flaws. Every system has its warts. But what really got me interested in this, and, well, we might as well talk about it anyway, is 
It's not so much the game, although Romance of the Perilous Land from Osprey Publishing, you can find it at DriveThruRPG, does look interesting. But think about it. They put out D&D 3.5, and it was super popular. But eventually, Wizards of the Coast needed to sell more books, so they went, let's make a fourth edition. And... Paizo came up and said, uh, screw that. Let's continue 3.5 with Pathfinder. And Pathfinder became the big game. And it, for several years, was it. The big game. Until Woods of the Coast came to their senses and said, all right, we'll do 5th edition. We'll put out something good again. And they did. And now it's the big, big dog. With Pathfinder now having a 2nd edition and whatnot. But now that Pathfinder has moved on to Pathfinder 2 and has left 3.5 behind, now you've got this company coming in going, okay, who likes 3.5? It's the system that will not die. Well, and there's nothing wrong with it. I just, I'm not a big fan of, you know, mythology behind the British Isles. Yeah, it's cool and everything, but it's not doesn't draw my attention. Sure. But it's, I mean, when did 3.5 originally launch? A long damn time ago. <laughs> I'm going to bring up their uh, D&D wiki. All right. When did 3.5 come out? Well, it doesn't say. Maybe I should go with Wikipedia, not wiki. Okay. This will tell me when 3.5 came out. 2003. There has been new content for games within the 3.5 OGL SRD since 2003. That's 16 years worth of content. Mm -hmm. There's never been a single role-playing game that's been the same system unchanged for 16 straight years that I'm aware of. Some may say, well, what about Rift? Or Rifts? But no, they put out their 20th anniversary edition with slight tweaks to the game. So it has changed some. And they've the Palladium system has had revisions. Um, like second editions and things like that that have come out. So it's closer, but yeah, there's 3.5 is just absolutely amazing and there will probably be new content for next year as well. <sighs> it's very, very interesting. The game itself seems interesting. A romance of the Perilous Land, like I said, if you like that sort of thing, you know, kind of a uh, Oh, King Arthurish type of uh -huh. stories. This would be a good game to try, especially if you like 3.5. Otherwise, eh, you know, maybe not, but whatever. I just thought it was, it just kind of struck me as, wow, that's kind of a cool idea and a cool story, just that, you know, regarding the long lastingness of 3.5. Yeah. Uh, still not excited about it. Yeah. But hey, you know, we're actually talking about playing a 3.5 game 
for uh, the podcast at some point. Not well, this one. Yeah. For Knights of the Tabletop. We were thinking of breaking out um, Silveride Sentinels. Uh-huh. The uh, D20 version. Yep, the D20 superhero game. Yep. So, yeah. The system that will not die. Of course, maybe someday that'll be 5th edition. That's been going for five years now. Right. So, and it's showing no sign of uh, breaking down. In fact, um, 3.5 lasted for five years, officially. They released 4th um, edition in 2008. And 4th edition, strangely enough, lasted six years. But keep in mind, in mind 3.5 was a revision from the additional the original 3rd edition. So, total 3rd edition lasted longer than 4th. But if they follow their pattern, 5th edition only has a few more years before they'll put out a 6th. But is well, there going to be some game that pops up and goes, nah, we're going to continue the 5th edition rules? I don't doubt it. Will Paizo go, hey, <laughs> uh, Pathfinder 3, anyone? Well, Pathfinder 2, I don't know about it. Uh, it looks like it's just a big mess. It's a revision of what they did, but tried to tried to make it their own thing and change up the 3.5 rules to make it more of their own thing and less off of the uh, OGL. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't care for their uh, way they've changed it. It's just it's more like 4th edition than anything else. That's what I've heard. You don't see it's me going out and buying it, do you? Oh, hell no. I mean, I think it's cool that they did it, but I'd be more likely to buy Starfinder. But, no, nah, I've got other science fiction games. I'll play those. Thank you. Well, and I was watching all these, uh, these uh, podcasters or videocasters, whatever you want to call them, who were jumping on that Pathfinder 2, 2 train. They were they were running games when they first brought out the uh, the books just to, you know, test, you know, play test it. Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, this is great. This is great. We're going to we're going to be doing this regular thing. And now they're back to fifth edition. Yeah. And Pathfinder 2 is just kicked into the corner. Well, I don't want to say that Paizo probably paid them to do it, but. Well, no, it was it was the new thing. Everybody else was doing fifth edition content, so they jumped on that Pathfinder two to you know, you know, this is new material. Yeah, they were hoping that it was going to catch on, but it doesn't seem to have. I'm sure there's a, a lot of fans out there of Pathfinder two. In which case, you know, good on you. I hope you enjoy yourself. But what I'm seeing is a lot of the streamers who who were jumping on that bandwagon immediately jumped right back off. Yeah. Well, the reason I say maybe they were uh, enticed to do so is it's very similar to Apex Legends when that uh, first-person shooter Battle Royale game came out. It was basically nowhere. And then certain really big streamers all started playing it and talking about how awesome it was and how much fun they were having with it. 
and boom, suddenly it's the number one game. Knocked Fortnite out of the top place, and it was huge, and everyone's playing it and having a great time for a month because the company that publishes it, I think it was EA, but I'm not sure, um, had been paying those streamers upwards of a million dollars to play it for a month. And then when they weren't getting paid, they went back to playing Fortnite and Call of Duty and whatever else they were playing, and Apex Legends quickly dropped out of the top spot. Although it still got its fans, it only shot up there because they were being um, artificially inflated. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I'm not saying that Paizo has done that with anybody, but when it, like you said, they could have just been playing the big new game out there. But you know what? There's other new games out there, too. And you don't see people jumping on them and playing them. Of course, it's Pathfinder, and Pathfinder has a name. Pathfinder was huge. Yes, was. Pathfinder 2, still huge, but it lives well, in the shadow of D&D, rightly so. Well, my big thing is, is a lot of people spent a huge amount of money on Pathfinder 1. Yep. And then all of that was, was made moot because number 2 came out. Well, they could still play their Pathfinder. Oh, yeah, they, they should still play their Pathfinder. It's just, they're like, this isn't any better than what we already had. Why, why should we spend all this money on this new version? Especially when they, they want you to... to their old version. They want you to do a, a monthly subscription. Uh, yeah, right. That's not going to work. Uh, three times a year, they'll send you a book. Because they tend to release a book three to four times a year. And every time a new book comes out, they'll send you the book. And you'll get a, an electronic copy of it as well. Okay, but what if I don't like the book? Exactly. The way but, I see it is if I buy the books, I'll buy the ones I want. Yes. And the other ones, I don't need. Right. So I'm not spending money on it. Mm -hmm. I'd rather not be forced to spend the money on the off chance that this next book is going to be good. Oh, but hey, you never have to worry about it. You just ship us your whatever amount a month it is, and as soon as the book's out, you get it in the mail, and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to go down to the store. It just sort of shows up. It's something to look forward to. Yeah, but I'm prepaying for it in advance, aren't I? Yeah, but it's like a present. No, it's not. I paid for it. But it's a surprise. No, I'll be equal, eagerly anticipating it because I will have paid for it in advance. Hey, but it's fun! What if it sucks, though? Exactly. So Then yeah. I just paid money for a piece of crap that I don't want and I'm never going to use. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah, it's a stupid thing. I agree. But got us way off a topic from... Hey, Romance of the Perilous Lands. It's a thing. Yeah, well. You can we check tend it to out. Ramble. We do. And we haven't rambled in months, so. Drive through RPG. You can check it out there. If you like 3.5. And you're not playing Pathfinder 1. Or some other D20 OG 3.5 OGL game. 
I have a lot of them. I don't play most of them. Anyway, that's all we got. So, Excellent. you have anything else before we leave? Nope. Okay. So, um, till next time, I'm Scormus. And I'm Bayless. Generic catchphrase ending? Thanks for joining us for another Pixels and Dice podcast. If you did get too close and caught a nip from one of our hosts, please get that wound treated promptly, as it is likely to fester. Otherwise, feel free to check out our other podcasts, blogs, and assorted nonsense at scoreme.com. Leave a comment, if you will. Stroking their egos goes a long way towards keeping the hosts in their hovels, thus keeping the rest of society free of them.